Hey everyone, welcome to episode 126 of the Fitness Devil Podcast. We're actually airing these slightly out of order, so you'll hear future ones with the wrong numbers on it, but we'll get straightened out. We've got Sohee Lee and Jill Coleman together today, and we're getting into a variety of topics. We've got a discussion on what they think about, you know, how you define industry friends and, you know, whether or not we should create a different uh, category for them versus our real life friends, when we often have more in common with and spend more time with them. We also talk about content theft and their attitudes towards having their work plagiarized. Uh, and a lot of talk about dealing with judgmental and negative attitudes from the people in our environment and how to, how to maybe change that environment or how to deal with it when you can't. And their willingness to sacrifice personally for building professional success now where they are establishing their careers versus when they first started out and their thoughts for up and coming fitness professionals. Hopefully you really enjoy this episode. Shut up and sit down. Everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, today, we've actually got two of our most popular recent guests, and probably our most popular guest that we've ever had, who still holds a record for the most downloads of an episode. So, we've got Sohi Lee and Jill Coleman. <laughs> and uh, they also happen to be friends, and they're in California, and they're actually to get physically together today, which sort of surprised yeah. us. Uh, but most importantly, they're two of the most prominent and certainly successful women in our industry. And uh, just welcome back. We're feel really fortunate to have you guys. Well, thanks for having us. That was so nice of you. What a really nice intro. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, me? To Ooh, be here. Us? <laughs> we practice that. Like, we don't say bad things usually. Oh, yeah. good. Appreciate that. <laughs> There's plenty of bad stuff to say, I'm sure. It, it's true. So he holds the record for the most downloads we ever had. <laughs> Our metrics now are, are impossible to track just because everything's all shagged up. But when we had it before, I mean, you were well over 10,000 downloads cool. on a very early episode in our history. So Awesome. It's, it's, yeah. So basically, he's calling Jill out. He's like, Yeah, you're <laughs> Gotta get my downloads up. That was the mean thing. No, so. no, Jill's, I, I know that Jill's episode recently was really popular too. <laughs> you got a lot of reach, and there were a bunch of people who were excited to see that we had you on the podcast as well. So, needless to say, getting you guys back together was, uh, was a cool idea. So, let's actually dive into it. Um, I suppose I'll start with this. So, um, a not notable professional in our industry said something to imply that industry friends aren't real friends. I won't name him, <laughs> I, I kind of disagree, but he meant that people we have on social media, people in our world who we see once or twice a year at a conference, uh, as opposed to like, you know, those in-person friends we've had for years. Now, we, I, I, I view it differently. We often interact more with our people in our world and have more in common with our industry friends than the people we actually know locally when you really think about it. Uh, and you guys, you know, in your social media, a lot of your friends are also well-known fitness professionals too. So I wanted to ask you guys what you thought about all this and how do you view the value of your quote industry friends? I think, I think that's going to happen to some extent, regardless of whatever industry you're in. Uh, I like to think that I can tell what it, that when the nature of a relationship is like that. And I often am leery of those types of people because usually I can see in their heads like how can I use this connection to leverage my own career or how can I get them to do something for me like get me more followers or promote my product or plug my service or something um I I don't I don't let myself get close to those type of people but I also think that you know I will say that some of my closest real friends I've met in this industry um, oftentimes through social media, through Instagram, through Facebook, and so on. And even if you do end up meeting for the first time at a conference, from there you can uh, continue the friendship and grow closer and so on. And from there you might find that you start talking about non-fitness things, you know, personal life stuff and, and sharing, things like that. So uh, I'm sure it's true in any industry. It doesn't really bother me. I think it's just something that you have to be mindful of. Uh, as you move forward, uh, figure out who it is you want to align yourself with and who you want to let yourself get close to, who you want to give your time and energy away to. Yeah. What about you, Jill? Yeah, no, I agree. Um, so I think, you know, at, you guys are probably similar. Like Zoe and I go to a lot of live events. We do go to a lot of conferences. And I would say there's a lot of people in the industry who I'm like, ah, oh, I think we'd be great friends if we met. And then we meet and I'm like, it's not a match. <laughs> and I think that's okay. And I think at first I was like, oh, I should get along with this person because they're, they're doing something really cool. And it just wasn't, and it hasn't always aligned for me. Um, I think if anything, I kind of have 
a little bit of an issue because I only am, I have a really like kind of a like small inner circle. And so I think I can turn personally, I think I can turn a lot of people off because I think people like want, like want to connect. And I'm very much like, it's cool if we don't connect. I'm actually fine with that. Like I still respect you as a creator. I still respect you as a coach or whatever you're doing. And I'm, and I'll send people to you and you're amazing as a professional, but we don't have to talk all the time. And I'm fine with that. And I think sometimes people want more connection. Uh, then like I'm willing to personally give sometimes and, and, and it's vice versa. There's some people I want to connect with that don't really feel that have the vibe for me. So I think sometimes you feel like you should align with someone cause you have a lot in common, but I think pay attention to the cues. And if you don't, that's okay too. You can still like them from afar and appreciate them from afar. So we brought up something kind of cool. Well, not cool, I guess. Um, but aligning yourself or not aligning yourself up with people who are kind of like trying to take stuff from you, especially like, like I guess you can, as you get more popularity as a fit pro, people are going to want things from you. It, it might be hard to kind of separate or understand who those people are. So like, have you guys run into that much? And the reason why I ask is, this is so stupid. <laughs> My wife and I were watching a reality show. It's called Barry Cavallari. Um, but the, one of the- Oh, I've seen the first season. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I totally have seen both seasons. <laughs> like one of the big things is like she was super popular reality TV and like in the new season she had a follow up with one of her friends because essentially like she wanted to become more popular on the show and like there was friction and then she's like questioning like oh fuck this person only friends with me to get famous and not that that happened in the fit pro world but in some ex extent people try to I guess mooch off success or leech so to speak like does that do you ever do you see that often? Uh, yes, I think it happens all the time. In fact, yesterday I was just telling a friend, who, a genuine friend about a new friend, quote unquote friend, who was trying to come off as a genuine friend, but I could tell it was not, that was not the intention. You know, I, I think, you know, I, I, not to be like super woo-woo or anything, but I go very heavily off people's vibes, you know, and I'm like, this doesn't feel right. Something feels off with this person or like this connection doesn't feel real. Then I will tend to shy away from that. So for sure it does happen. And especially if they're, you can tell what kind of angle they're – well, sometimes you can tell what, what angle they're coming at you from uh, if they're like, you know, can I – let's get – I'm going to get you a coffee. And oh, no. Brain <laughs> on, uh, like, how did you grow your following or whatever. Yeah. And, I mean, not to use, like, a mocking voice or anything, but what, I'm what always like, really? Like, you think I can't see through this? Um, but, um, interestingly, there are – there have been some people, too – you know, a lot of times what Jill was saying, you think you should be getting along because you have a common interest. Like, let's say you have the same research area of interest or your brands are similar or so on. So you're like, oh, we should be besties. But then you just don't hit it off. At the same time, I've also had people who maybe whose views I don't fully agree with on, mm -hmm. but I meet them in person and we click really, really well. And I'm happy to be friends with them because ultimately uh, – just because you're saying one thing and I'm saying something slightly different doesn't necessarily mean that I'm right or you're wrong or that you're a bad person and we can't be friends. I also think, I think I agree with Zoe. There's a lot of, um, I would say like status driven people in our space. And I think because both of us have been in the industry for a long enough time, we realize that that shit doesn't matter. Like for me, I think when I first got into it, I'm like, if this person knew me, then that they would help my business or I wanted to be aligned with certain people because I thought potentially like that could increase my cloud or whatever. And then you realize that everyone's just doing their best and everyone wants to build their own business. So they're not going to be um, going out of their way to help you. And so the best thing that you can do if you are someone who wants to be recognized or you want to, um, you know, have more success is have more success. Like just be better at what you do. Just be a good coach. Like uh, turn out the most amazing client testimonials. That's going to be the thing that's going to get the attention of your peers more than anything else. So to me, just be good at what you do. And that will certainly have people lining up to want to get to know you. I like that. This actually relates to something I just saw online. Uh, I saw a post. It was one of uh, the personal training development centers groups and somebody posted, hey, does anybody have a podcast? I'd really like to you know, be a guest on a podcast. Let's connect. And a couple more people were like, yeah, I'd like to too. I really like to talk. <laughs> and then my response to that was, hey, guys, I want to flip this on its ear a little bit. Uh, you know, podcast hosts, people that have podcasts, uh, they're, not, they're grabbing guests based on their relationships with them. And you know, we have one hour a week to put a guest on. It's not going to be some unknown trainer who not friendly. We, we don't even know this person. We want to showcase, and, and it goes to something else too. We want to showcase and help people that I like and care about in the industry. So what I said to them was focus on building a brand and a library of resources like 
written articles or a YouTube channel or something. And like you said, create success to the point where people turn around and start wanting you to be a guest on their podcast and will ask you. So well, I think yeah. it was, I think it's good advice. It's like one of those things where like that sounds like you're big timing, but you're not. It's like a lot of people aren't willing to be honest with some of these people. You know what I mean? I think that's that I I don't know. It, it like like what you said. It's just like have more success. And like that sounds like a really dickhead move, but like that's what they need. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like, are you good at what you do? That's going to be the thing that's going to command the most respect in the space. And, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit different because I do work with professionals um, as a business coach. So for me, if I'm going to promote anybody, it's going to be the people that are investing with me. And I don't know if that's right or wrong, but to me, like, yeah, someone's doing amazing work and they're friend of mine, I'm going to promote them. But for the most part, like I know these women's business is inside and out. I trust them. I'm, I'm with them every step of the way. So if they're doing something, if I'm going to promote anyone, it's going to be someone who invests with me and who is, I know is doing great work. And I know that they're in their integrity, you know? So I don't know. I mean, I think there's a lot of different nuances to how you show up in the space, who you promote, who you talk to, who you get on a podcast. I am much more likely to go to bat for someone who believes in me and believes in the business and has supported the business. And I'll come back around to that thought too. Like you guys are talking about, uh, you're both people that I found a long time ago in the industry. Coincidentally, I think at first, uh, both on podcast. Jill, I think I would have found you probably on something like the Fitcast first years and years ago. Yeah. And so we, and I have talked numerous times about how it was uh, Physique Science Radio with Lane was where I first came across Sohi because I've been a follower of Lane's. So um, I'm a big believer in trying to do as much as I can to support and help the people that I found very influential who I've learned a lot from over the years and that definitely YouTube count amongst that. So instead of turning around and trying to take and see how I can benefit from this. It's like, how can I positively support you guys, share you with even more people? Uh, you know, I have a copy of Sohi's book and I've gotten a few people who are like my clients and friends that have gone and bought it. Um, I've got a client who now has done, I think one of your entry-level entry mentorships, Jill. Uh, her name is Jessica. Yep. And so she loves you. She was really excited when we had you on the first time. And if I can put more things in front of you guys and encourage more people to share and help the other people in the industry, instead of thinking, like you said, what is in it for me? How can I benefit from this? As, as, yeah, I guess, is, that, is there a question? Is there a question there? No, it's, it's just <laughs> like, yeah. jump in to, jump in to <laughs> elaborate on it. But. Yeah, I guess. You never get dead space. This is total dead space. Well, I think the big thing is like we're talking about is like, I get, to make this actionable, how, how do you tend to, I don't want to say sift through it, but like what are the things that you're looking for and people that I guess you end up creating relationships with, if that makes sense? Because I think that there's a lot of fit pros that, well, I hate that word, um, but there's a lot of people listening to this who like do go to these events wanting mm -hmm. to take, and it's, that's usually the yeah. worst way to go about it. And I don't even think they know they're doing it. You know what I mean? I think if you're going to, so I am actually a big fan of like, if you're getting started in the space and you are, maybe you're a trainer, you've been a trainer for a long time, you um, want to start maybe building your online audience. Maybe you want to start doing some online coaching. At least that's the space that I'm in. Go to these events and, and, and talk to people like hang out in, um, you know, hang out in like the hotel restaurant, hotel lobby, like be around the people. But, and this is a little bit of a nuanced thing. If you're talking to someone who you want to connect with, like approach them like a peer. Show me that you have your own audience, that you're doing your own stuff, right? And so I'm always, always, always appreciative of people who, you know, are like, your work has really impacted me and, you know, whatever. And But there's a difference between kind of like being like a fan versus just assuming the role of a peer. And so I would really appreciate if someone, you know, approached me and said, hey, Jill, I love, I love your work. I share it with my clients all the time. And, you know, um, I'm actually building my business at this point and things are going really great. Like, I, like have an, your own audience or have your own thing that you're doing. And I'm only saying this because I was that person who getting started had zero body of work and was trying to hit up like oxygen cover models. Like, Hey, <laughs> like you should know me. I just started competing. Like I was that person. And looking back on it, it's embarrassing but I didn't know better. And so I think, you know, if that person had gone to Google me or gone to my MySpace page or whatever, there wasn't anybody working, done anything. What was I going to bring, right? What was I going to bring to the relationship? Well, how was I going to bring anything to the relationship? So have something that you can also teach and bring to the relationship. I know it sounds like kind of a dickhead move, but 
I mean, look, like I think that everyone is, uh, you know, valuable in their own way and worthy in their own way. But if we're talking about a business relationship, what have you mastered in your own business that I could learn from? What have you mastered as a coach that like, what's your thing that maybe could fill in a gap of mine and we could get on an Instagram live together and chat about it? You know, what's, where are like the gaps that maybe you can fill in for me? And now all of a sudden we have a mutually beneficial friendship. And that's, I think, where it starts from a professional standpoint. Yeah. All underlying all this is a lot of people are still looking for shortcuts to success. And your message is something that echoes what I've been saying is you still have to put in the reps, gain the experience and the time, the effort and whatever success embodies that person. I just want people to put in the actual work and then you'll eventually earn it. I, all I could think about, sorry, guys, who's your top 10 for your MySpace friend? <laughs> oh my god was it top, top 16 tom definitely tom was there remember how upset you'd be if you weren't in someone's top oh, nine you're like, like where am i you off so yeah. like, <laughs> that's, what what that's way worse than facebook ever was because like yeah like you would be friends with like you would have your friend group and like if you thought you were friends with someone you were on their top 10 it's like it's it's done <laughs> yeah i know i remember i like learned how to do html Oh, from MySpace. I did, had like, your own background. Scrolling. Really? Yeah. The text across the yeah. Music. Is that, is that how they did it? They would just, what? You had to write, you legitimately had to like learn code yeah. to put on a background. Oh. I'm, I'm, I'm aging myself right now, but that's okay. Well, I'm, it, I'm cool with that. It was, it was, yeah. it was big back then. Like that's yeah. basically like, that's how you got big was MySpace is what you're saying. And, and at the time I was doing, and I'm sure Zoe has had this experience too, I was doing a lot of competitions and mod, like, fit, like sexy fitness modeling. And so my audience was dudes for the most part, right? And they're like, what's up? And I'm like, okay. And I think I needed to go through that phase of like getting affirmation mm-hmm. and to realize yeah. like, okay, I actually want to make money and this is not Which, the way to do it. Yeah, I think that brings up like a good point that I see so many women doing. Yeah. If, if I just have the followers, uh, I'll, I'll, that's a business. And if you, if they were to go to look at their analytics, they're like, oh, 94% male followers. No wonder no one's buying my shit. Um, so I think, you know, obviously your actual audience is far more important. And we've talked about actually, you know, when I was just on Jill's podcast, we we're talking about how your number of followers uh, typically had, doesn't really have a correlation to uh, actually, you know, growing a business and making money. Yeah. We can see like, and this is actually good because you, you guys would both be kind of represented in this industry, but in that space. But we we can see, and this is why it's kind of cool because like your podcast did well based on your following, and you put the swipe up. But like we can almost see, and I'm not gonna out anyone, but like people's popularity or their engagement based on our podcast metrics. Because uh-huh. I guess yeah. what I'm getting at is like what you see isn't necessarily what you get. And like I think a lot right. of people coming into this industry think if I have this following, these people are doing these things and they're making this much money. And we've almost found the opposite to be true. There's a few other factors with that, <clears throat> and this is important to point out too. I know it's the only. We've had but... some people with big followings who appear on a lot of podcasts, and of course, their followers are like, "Oh, this is the umpteenth time mm-hmm. they've been on a podcast," and maybe they tune it out. Whereas we've had some people who don't necessarily have a big following; they don't appear, appear on a lot of podcasts, but oh, they'll share the hell of it. They're honored to be on here, so yeah, that can often create a bit of illusion. But again, it also has to do with how much someone engages and shares. The person, the reason why Sohi's episode, the first one, was the top download one of all time is because Sohi put it in every piece of social media, email list, yeah. everything, and you pumped but, it, and but, people engaged. But she had the audience too. That's kind of what I'm getting at is like, like people's audiences are different, even if they're the same size, if that makes sense. But audience, but you know, Zoe has a really trusting audience, right? Yeah. So she doesn't have a bunch of dudes who want to see her ass, yeah, you know. So, like, growing a following, I'm sorry, growing a following is not hard. It's just not. It's like it's you know, you Lots can have the numbers. Things. Yeah, I mean, and, and to me, you can buy followers. You can you know, show your ass and get number. I mean, it's like not that hard. But growing a business and building that trust is hard. And to Andrew's point earlier, there's no shortcuts to that. Like, sorry, you got to build a body of work. Like, the shortcut is the long way. My. I try to lift without a shirt in my stories, and it hasn't worked. <laughs> and now all my followers are dudes. <laughs> Fuck. Basically, basically, don't do that. It's like, I'm fucking up. I'm sure you get some interesting messages, and I have to point out that you're married. I, I mean, I've been really good. Like, so this is totally <laughs> off topic, but like, I would get a lot of those messages from like dudes, and like, I don't get them anymore. I don't know what I changed. Maybe it was like I did, I did more lifting. I don't know. So I don't. Sorry, I don't know where that was going. Yeah. Basically, actually, he's like one. So this is actually 
hilarious because you're talking about like booty pics and whatever but we did a photo shoot for our gym because like that was the thing you do you get a fit pro okay let's let's take nice photos die down and do a lot of stuff that's when i was getting a lot of the shitty engagement was when i would post pics that were like kind of tailored to like what yeah. you think they should be and it was yeah. interesting because like that didn't pay off at all and not that i expected it to but it was interesting to see like I guess and that's where audiences are different, but I had more engagement and I had more people buying shit or coming to our seminars when it wasn't that stuff. When it yeah. was more about you know, what I know and what I do as opposed to the look, I guess, so to speak. I know there are people who, fitness professionals who position themselves as educators when they happen to post the occasional uh, like shirtless selfie or something like that, they mm. lose followers. And, yeah. and I really think that speaks to the type of audience that they attract. They're, the people they attract are not the type of people who want those kinds of photos. They want to learn from you. And those typically tend to not be educational. Whereas, you know, you might have um, someone with 2 million followers who looks cute in different workout outfits and knows how to, you know, do a booty pop. uh, What is it called? Belfy butt selfie. But I would never buy a single product from that person because I don't see you as an expert in any area. As knowledgeable at all, yeah. So I would, I would never buy anything from you. But if I wanted to see, uh, if I was wanting, you know, if I want to see it on my feed with the photos and the videos and stuff, I, I would, I would follow that. But I, no, I just don't. And my whole thing is like, it's, it's fine to put a belfie up. Like to yeah. me, I'm like, just fucking own it. To yeah. me, there's something really nice about someone who you know, every once in a while is just like, I'm digging myself. I'm going to throw this up. Like I usually do like a belfie on my birthday because I'm just like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm fucking rocking this bod and I'm, I'm like really proud of it. But I don't pretend that it's, that I'm like teaching something. You know, I think yeah. that's the thing is like, I just pretend like, dude, I'm just feeling myself. And I think there's so much, uh, you know, empowerment and ownership and just owning that instead of pretending and doing a bait and switch. Like I'm going to get the yeah. views because my belfie, but then I have this like long caption. It's like, you know, I think just be honest with what you're doing and realize that, you know, if you have a smaller following, I, I work with women right now who have like, you know, a thousand, 1200 followers are making six figures on the yeah. internet. Yeah. So building a business is not the same as having a following, even though that's flashy, right? It's easy to look at numbers and, and, and it does open doors. So I'm not going to say it doesn't. Um, but at the end of the day, what do you want? What do you really want? I treat the effort to build a following is I've been pretty engaged with my Instagram lately as a byproduct of putting out good information, not right. as building a following so that way it will attract business and therefore give me credibility. Does that make sense? I'm building in the credibility with all the stuff I'm already doing. And then I will leverage all that stuff to, well, let's, if more people follow me, then more people are attending my conference, more people are listening to the podcast. And then I can sh- share people like you guys, and you guys have both have far larger audiences than what I do, but I can still put a few more people in front of you guys who maybe haven't found you yet and the other guests that you have. Yeah, I like I like that mentality. I think that's the same uh, mindset that I've kind of harbored over the years for me. And I know, you know, there's nothing wrong with reaching out to someone and be like, hey, I just wrote this blog post if you want to share it. Like, but that's not my style. I've always had the mentality of I'm going to create high quality content very consistently for you know, years and years and years. And if there are people who happen to like what I have to say, I trust that they will share it on their own. Uh, because for me, I personally, I get really turned off if someone comes to me, they're like, Hey, will you share, will you share this post of mine? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't even know who the fuck you are. Well, you know, and that's when I'm like, you're obviously just trying to use me. Uh, whereas, you know, I, I share co- people's content all the time, but it's out of, um, it's, it's because I genuinely like their content. And then I want to share it. So if you, you know, don't ask me to share it, I'll share it if I like it kind of attitude. Um, but I, 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 for me, I, I take it as hopefully other people have the same mentality that I do in that way that if they like my content, they'll share it on their own. Yeah. Let's, let's pivot this to, since we're talking about content, one of the ways I like to come up with ideas for questions is to dig through old articles. And so yeah, I went to your website and uh, didn't find anything recent in articles on So He Fits. So. Not blogging anymore. No, yeah. but uh, one of the last episodes, or sorry, one of the last articles, actually something from 2017, that uh-huh. talked about content theft. Yeah. I saw Mike Dola of Stronger You just post about that, I think, yes. yesterday. And so I want to see what you guys thought, because you, you guys both produce a ton of content. Uh, so I know it's happened to some. So His stuff has been stolen by people. Jill, has it happened to you? And what are your attitudes towards dealing with uh, plagiarism and content? Yeah, now. Yeah, of course, it's happened so much for sure. Um, you know, it's hard because 
the human side of me, it's, you know, it's, it is definitely a ego hit. I definitely feel it. You know, it's not fun to have your content that you feel like you worked your ass off to create just to be stolen. Um, I've had a lot of different types of interactions with people when I've confronted them about it. I've had like, well, just is just stuff that everyone knows. Like we're all just sharing each other's content, don't we? And I'm like, no, we don't. That's not how it works. Like we don't just rip off someone's stuff and not give credit. Um, and I've also had people be, you know, say that it was their assistant who pulled oh, it. Oh my God. That like, happens oh my all God. the time. Yeah. Uh, their social media manager uh -huh. just pulled it and they're horrified and like, you know, whatever. So I've, I've had a lot of different, and at the end of the day, sometimes I mean, I get the hit like anyone, but I also, for my own sense of peace, I tr I'm just like not about policing it anymore. And that's really hard because on one hand, I'm like, it's actually fucking illegal, right? So it's like, in a way, there is, there needs to be some level of consequence. I'm just not in the position where I want to police that shit anymore. So I don't know. I've been thinking about writing a piece on it for a while, like a longer piece, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think there's, I think if you're doing great work and you're making waves and you're saying something different or you're saying something in a new way and old, something old in a new way, especially moderation 365 gets a lot of rips off. I mean, it's going to happen. And I think, you know, it, it definitely gets a hit, but you just, you deal with it one at a time. And I figured you might see some evolution in attitude. That's why I asked the question the way I did now, right? So, Sohi, what about you? Because yeah, so we, we had your opinion on like, has that changed since last time we talked? Which was in, like, well, I still think I I will never think that it's okay to plagiarize. Interestingly, when when I used to uh, confront people more for copying my content, I'd get responses like, "Oh my god, it was my assistant. My, I'm so horrified." I'm uh -huh. like, "Oh yeah, what assistant?" Um, right. Or or they'd be like, "Well, like, did you invent the science?" Then it, it's not <laughs> like obviously just not understanding what plagiarism even is. Or they'll say, "Well, we're not in school anymore, so plagiarism doesn't apply," or something. Yeah. Where I'm like, it's not just a school academic thing; it's still in real life. Or they'll like, say, like, "Why are you being so petty?" Like, oh yeah. Or like, what's, why are you, what's the big deal? I'm what's sure, the big deal? You and you're like, like, "Wait, well, what? If you yeah. gave me credit for it. That'd be one thing." Manipulation one on one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gaslighting. I mean, it's yeah, exactly right. Um, but I also think now, I think honestly, in light of you know, personal events and so on too, and maybe just over the years, my attitude has changed a little bit in that I probably won't aggressively go after someone for something like that anymore. I like to think that I've always thought in my head that if people are being shady and trying to take shortcuts like that, they will not succeed in the long run. They just won't because you know, something will come and bite them in the ass. They'll get what's coming to them. So I'm usually now I'm very like, well, just if, even if, if you leave a bee, um, someone will call them out eventually. Yeah. Or they'll get what's coming to them. And yeah. yeah. Do you get like, so actually I'm interested for showing, I actually don't usually see it. It's usually mm -hmm. a follower that is like, oh, that will send yeah. me it and be like, like, this is your I, stuff. I even had, uh, maybe it was about almost two years ago. I did a one minute video on my Instagram about, like scale weight or something. And I had a script written out. So it was like, you know, very practice and so on. I did the video and a couple of weeks later, someone plagiarized, but in Portuguese, you know, in a different language, but it was a word for word, like verbatim translation. And I had a follower sent to me, they're like, well, I don't think you speak this language, but just so you know, <laughs> and I watched it, I could see, I'm like, oh, I think I know that word. Cause I know Spanish. I'm like, I know that word. I know. Oh, she's got a Hershey's bar. And then she's throwing it in the air. I'm like, I did exactly that. So, you know, you'll, you'll, they'll even go to the extent of like, you know, copying it in another language. And I did end up comparing that person and they're, you know, same thing. Like I'm so mortified, et cetera. Everyone has the same response. I well, think, I, I've never but, been that person. So I'm like, I'm always confused as like, who yeah. thinks it's okay? Oh, like, right. I mean, like, in the end, it's not hard to give credit, by the way. It's like, like it's who is that person? Like, that's what I think about. Like, are they intent? Like, when I like, think about people stealing stuff, like, I either think they're ignorant, like they literally, like you said, they have no idea that it's wrong, or like they know it's wrong. Well, I think it's like, honestly, that and, and I obviously as a business coach, I teach my girls like, hey, if you think that you're not going to get found out, that's you, you're also planning to not be successful, yeah. right? Cause that's the thing is I look at big content creators and I'm like, they would never rip something yeah. off because so it, you must just think that you're going to be able to skate under the radar. Mm -hmm. Like maybe that's what like, you're like, ah, oh, like I'm a nobody. So, but if that's your mentality, your like, mentality is I'm a nobody, then you're not going to be successful. So like, you're always going to be one step behind the person who is the actual creator. But I also do love in social media that we have this kind of very personal 
uh, personality piece of it too, because good luck being me. Like it's never going to come out the same. Even if it is word for word, my content, it's, it's going to be not aligned. It's just not going to feel the same. So good luck being me. You know, it's like a, a whole thing. This, is, this might be another one to get a good opinion on what you guys were, were saying, but like there's a big thing, well, big thing, it's, it's kind of always been a thing lately, but on Instagram, there's the resharing or like the reposting. Yeah. Like, what are you guys' thoughts on that? Because like, I think that that still is happening and I, I, that's not obviously not plagiarism, but like, what are your thoughts on it? Like, is it effective? Is it weird? Like all the way around? Because you both, I, in that, that I, I don't, I don't really have much of an opinion on that. I don't. That doesn't bother me one bit. Like, yeah. you know, whenever I put out good content, I get reposted a lot, either yeah. to, to stories or, you know, people are using their repost apps to post it on their actual feed. And I'm like, cool, that, that's flattering where they think it's an important message. And usually it's, it's, a, it's a kind of content where they're like, well, I really like what she has to say and she said it better than I could. Kind of, kind of deal where they're like, oh, yeah. I wish other people would listen to me, but maybe if she's saying it, they'll listen better or, or something. I have no credit, essentially. But awesome. that stuff always yeah. has a person's name on it. I think that was an overwhelming positive and I do it because that's great. What I, what I like to, the way I like to put it is I cannot create, I don't have the time to create all of these great ideas about sure. exercise, about nutrition, about psychology and business and financial um, health for fitness trainers. Yeah, yeah. But I know a shit ton of people who are great at all these things. And for my audience, I can curate, like we do this with podcast i can curate all of these wonderful people and share them with the people who follow me and I, i've done this with both of your guys stuff before where i've seen a post you've made i've shared it into my story i have yeah. tagged you in yeah, it, yeah. and i've said something effect hey go follow these people because they're great so i think that stuff is overwhelmingly a good thing and i think it can be a very good quick way to share content that yes i'm sharing you but for my follower, I'm still the person who found it, curated it, and I am still the resource yep. that brings you guys as resources to yeah. my followers. It so doesn't take away from your credibility. No. I think sometimes people think they don't want to give credit because they think that it makes them look better if it, they were the ones that came right. up with it. So it actually makes me respect Andrew way more when he can share something of mine and then talk to his own audience about it right now. I'm like, okay, that's, and, and give credit. Like to me, it doesn't take away from his credibility. He's like, I found this thing. I think it's amazing. Here's a service. Here's a value. In fact, I've done that a ton. I do that mo more on Twitter than I, anywhere. But um, I also, but like as an aside, I want to validate if you are a new professional and you feel like everything has been said or has been said better, that can be really discouraging. It can feel, cause you're not supposed to have your own ideas at the beginning. You just won't yeah. yet, you know? And so, I do want to validate that at the beginning, you are going to sound like other people that you've read. If you've read every single one of Zoe's blogs, if you've read one every single one of Jill Fit blogs, like you're going to sound, even in um, how you write, you're going to like syntax, you're going to sound like that person. And so that's okay. But eventually, if you do want to be successful, you have to start coming up with your own playbook. And I think that the way that you do that is just get more reps, get more clinical experience, have more clients, talk to your clients in the gym, do more market research. And you're going to start to see that like, oh, there's actually no one in the space addressing this. Maybe I could come up with my own framework to, to teach this thing that I keep seeing with my own clients. So I think, you know, within the first couple of years, you'll start to develop your own principles and your own theories and your own ways of seeing things based off your own clientele. But it does at the beginning, you probably are going to sound like the people who you read and that's okay, but just give credit, especially if you're just citing something verbatim. There's something else that's really important too. And I'll piggyback off a thought you had about being new and you know, like a lot of the basic stuff has already been said before, but for a new trainer, all of the people that are following you that are starting to find you don't necessarily follow Sohi online. They don't necessarily follow all of the smart fitness professionals that we know about. But you, that new person starting out, you are special and you are the resource to a small group of people. So if you still go and tackle those very basic entry level concepts that this person still needs to learn, you're doing something good. So don't be afraid right. to even take basics that don't plagiarize someone in exactly how they said it, but it's this stuff. Nobody owns the idea that calories matter, right? Yeah. Nobody owns the idea that, you know, we, we have protein, carbohydrates, and fats. These are, I, I would say though, that like, that's probably more than norm. Like I, I think 
when we're in this little bubble of the fitness space, like we know all these people, but there's so many fucking people buying fitness stuff, even if you think locally, that like, no offense to you guys, no one knows who Jill and Sohi is. Like, they do, but they don't. Like, there's not, there's people that we have that don't see all of these people, like the lanes. Um, no, they see and, Jillian and Michaels, that, right? Like, I mean, honestly, yeah. like they see like the Jillian Michaels yeah, and, you know, and she's wildly successful. She's the one who's hitting the bottom of the pyramid of people, mm-hmm. right? So when Zoe's sharing research or I'm talking very like high level about something, I'm probably not attracting like the average person who doesn't like to work out. I'm, I'm attracting very high level, very high savvy, very almost professional level people. So you have to know what kind of content you want to produce. I've seen a lot of our peers go more basic and their audiences have blown up and they're way more successful because they've gone more basic. Jordan's a good example of like, like like he's not Jillian Michaels, but like he, he has basically went on that low rung and I would say a lot of people that like I train know who he is, which is kind of cool because like I thought it was just a fit pro thing, but he's talking to the right people, so to speak. He knows who he's talking to, I guess. I think I have, I've always said that I think the beginner level information that I actually just did a post on this last week or the week before on my Instagram talking about how uh, a lot of us fitness professionals think, well, everyone knows what calories are now or everyone knows yeah. like macros. I'm like, mm, no, we, we don't, they don't know. The general population does not know. The vast majority of Americans have no, no understanding of like proteins, carbs, and fats or anything like that. So when you think that whatever education you're putting out there is too basic, it's never going to be too basic. There's never going to be a time when you're like legit. Everyone knows that already. You don't have to talk about it anymore. There's you should always. I think the beginner level information is always going to be relevant and important and helpful to so many people. Yeah. And it, it, I'll honestly say this: like, well, so you you have a, a wide variety of things you say. You oh. often repeat basic concepts. Yes. Like relentless. <laughs> like a thousand different variations. Yeah. yeah. And it never gets old. It uh, your following didn't all of a sudden just go. You know what? This is the same old shit yeah. and out, right? Like I didn't notice that all of a sudden your following just fell off. Right? Like, yeah. People are still absorbing this stuff. And new people are finding it all the time too. Don't assume that just because you've come back to repeat something in a slightly different way, that it's not hitting somebody's ears for the first time. Right. Or maybe maybe I've heard your message five times, but it's the sixth time when it really, I'm like, oh my God, I get it now. Or you know, maybe before they weren't quite in a place where they were ready to listen to what you had to say but now they are or something. Um, but I mean, Jill says this too. You have to repeat your message over and over and over. I can't be like, for, first of all, I can't be changing my message all the time. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I think uh, brand consistency is a huge part of building credibility and building clout as a professional. So, you know, obviously little details have, have changed over the years, but the things I was saying eight years ago, same things I'm saying now. I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, because that's the thing is if like you're, if you try to be the jack of all trades, no one knows you for anything. Yeah. And also it's assuming that people see everything and like they just don't, yeah. right? Like we have a massive visibility problem right now. So to me, you saying it in multiple different ways on multiple different platforms is a huge service. And what's the worst that can happen? Someone read an email that also had the same content of an Instagram post. Who cares? They're not yeah. going like, I got this on your email. Why am I seeing it again? Yeah. Not one person has ever said they've seen too much of the same message from me. When you're right with the visibility thing, I, I can even think about like I have both of you on my Instagram. It's just, it's just interesting to see like it goes in waves of like who it's showing up stuff. But I think there was a Stogie one where, like, I haven't seen a post of yours and it just hasn't popped up, but then you did a live thing and it popped up. Like, oh, yeah. So there's just, like, so many people in this space that I don't think that repeating it's – you just never know who it's going to hit when you put something out. And like, like you said, you could say calories in and calories out, but it may never hit that person until, like, the fifth time you do it on a different yep. platform. Yep. Yep. We talk about education and psychology. You want to do that? Yeah, I want to do that. We, we brought you on here because you know shit. So, um, but you're both educators about mindset and psychology in our world. So we wanted to get your take on some things, but how do you help people deal with judgmental and negative attitudes from family, friends, and coworkers when a person is trying to improve their lifestyle, so to speak? Um, so you can take this one away first. I, I'm realizing more and more that the people you surround yourself with makes a, such a huge difference in your overall outlook on life, your success, your optimism or pessimism, everything, you know? And if you're around people who are always bitching and always trying to sabotage others and always complaining and gossiping, you're probably going to become more like that too. And I, when I started really paying attention to myself last year, 
um, especially starting from the beginning of last year and then all throughout the whole year, I noticed when I'm around certain people, I become more like this. And when I'm around these other people, I become more like that. And, and I was like, well, I don't want to be like that. So maybe dismiss myself from these people. But I know in terms of like coworkers and family members, there's only so much you could do. Sometimes you don't have full control over that. So if maybe, you know, I think it's helpful to actively seek out people who do align more with who you want to become or what you want to be doing, even if that means meeting people online or joining like Facebook groups, for example, you know, or just finding people through Instagram and becoming friends with them. Um, you know, as I said before, some of my closest friends I've met through Instagram and that is how we initially connected. And eventually we met in person and we hit it off and we're super tight. And, um, even if you're not in a place, maybe you're, li you live in a very isolated town where no one is fitness minded and, you know, people are not that motivated to succeed in their careers or ambitious and things like that. You can still succeed on your own. Uh, well, I say on your own, if you have the the virtual connection to other people. So that's, I guess, one way to work around it. But also if you are in control of friendships and so on, um, I would, I would say as a reminder, any relationship, you don't have to keep it going just because you've been friends for a long time. And there's oh, that, there's oh. that, like, you know, the sunk cost policy, like, well, we've, I've known this person for 10 years. So what they're dragging you down, get the fuck out. Um, you know, and this goes for obviously harder, but this goes for romantic relationships as well. Yeah. I've over the years realized that there were a bunch of people in my world that you know, they weren't conducive to positive energy and, you know, they're taking advantage of actually in some cases selfishly interfering with my business. And so I certainly removed them rather quickly and I have no remorse about it. Yeah. I think some people are cavalier about cutting people out of their lives. I don't think you should mm -hmm. be cavalier, but yeah. I think I agree with you. Well, it can be hard. Take I, think, energy out. I think like part of that too is coming to that realization. Cause like you said, you, you surround yourself or you kind of reach out to other people or you go to in different situations. You start to understand where your current situation is. And then you might be more likely to make a decision based on that. Like in my experience, like I had to leave Costa Rica with a bunch of meatheads that are kind of like me. And I'm like, Oh shit. Like I don't have this at home. How can I make these changes? But I didn't really realize it until I was in a different environment, so to speak. Does yeah, that make yeah. sense? Yeah. And I also think like to Zoe's point, like, you know, I think you can have different friends and people in your life for different yeah. things, right? Like mm -hmm. know who to go to for what. So, you know, if you have someone in your life who's maybe an old friend from high school, you're probably not going to be like, can I run my business plan by you? Right? <laughs> like they're just not the person. So kind of know and be discerning who's in your life for what. Um, and two things I want to expand on what Zoe said about like, you know, virtual relationships. Number one, you might have to pay to play. Like, so if you do live in the middle of nowhere and no one's around and no one's entrepreneurial minded and whatever, and you're trying to build your online business, like you might have to pay to play. You might have to join a mastermind. You have to, you might have to pay to get into those rooms. And I've invested a lot and I know Zoe has too. And so that's like number one is realizing that you might have to do that in order to get around the kind of people who are similar to you. And that's okay. And everyone does that. The second thing is that at the end of the day, you can't always just rely on the people around you, right? Like you might have to be the boss in the group. You might have to be the one in the group being like, like leading the charge. So if no one else sees possibilities, you might have to carry the torch a little bit in your own circle. So positive psychology researcher, Rochelle Galen calls this the power lead. And I love that. So for example, if you know that you're getting ready to interact with someone who's going to be negative, going to take cheap shots, might be passive aggressive, you can come with the like, I'm pumped with what I'm doing. I'm excited. Like you need to be the one who comes first with like the high energy, the excitement to set the tone of the conversation. So it's harder for them to bring you down because you're already coming in on a high. So like the power lead to me is that that sense of ownership, even if you have to fake it a little bit at first, but kind of coming with the like, I'm excited about this. I'm doing this leaves very little wiggle room for the peanut gallery. So I think that's always just, that's also just a practice in like self-confidence and ownership. I was, I was gonna come back to this because this whole conversation comes from a recent post of yours, Jill. And I think that's practical because I want something practical when you're dealing with family and coworkers that you can't necessarily choose as easily, where you get the, what I like to call the sabotage donut, the person in your workplace mm -hmm. who sees that you're trying to make your life better but your efforts are making them uncomfortable about their own inaction and therefore they sabotage you, whether it's conscious or subconscious. We all know that this sort of stuff happens and it happens with people bringing in donuts into office places. 
I mean, your success is going to be polarizing. I think that's supposed to talk about, right? Like your success alone is going to be polarizing. You can be like the sweetest, kindest, you know, most like easygoing person. But if you're doing well in some capacity, it's going to shine a maybe shine a light on maybe some of the the insecurities of the people around you. And that's not your business to manage, even though it does affect you. Like, sure, it definitely does, you know. But at the end of the day, you have to have the confidence to stay in your own lane and to stay the path. And that's hard. And that takes practice, you know. And so I always try to try to be the person in my group to, like, elevate or to, like, to be the possibility mindset person. And I think that's just a practice no matter where you are and no matter who you're around. So, I mean, at the end of the day, yes, environment's key, but it's not everything. I think, I think like, at the end of the day, take responsibility for yourself. And that's not yes. just, per, that's not just uh, professionally. I can, I feel like my wife and I just have these conversations all the time um, over very cavalry. But, like, to get, we had a, not an argument, but a discussion about how it's so hard to get our group of friends, like, we grew up in the same spot um, our whole lives, to get them to go out and do a vacation. And, like, they always talk about it and they never fucking do it. And it's just, like, we end up finding that we have to do that. But it always ends up being awesome. It's kind of a little bit draining, but again, taking ownership of our own experiences. Like if we know we can do it and we have the capacity to do it, like just we'll be the ones to do it. You know what I mean? And then, then you get ownership of that as opposed to feeling like you're a victim of all the shit that's happening. I'm going to hijack that one because this goes into something else that I ask. You mentioned Perfect. travel. So on both of your guys' feeds, you see a lot of travel. You <laughs> share a lot of that stuff. A lot of your relationships, uh, that's a prominent feature of both your social media now. Uh, how are you guys, or are are you prioritizing your own personal time more than ever uh, after years of hard work? And what are your thoughts on devoting the time to build a brand while sacrificing uh, your personal time versus finding a balance? Uh, um, we've, we've had no. We we, we I, I like this question because we've had we've had conversations about this before. Where I think Jill and I are both at a place where neither of us are willing to, uh, you know, make big sacrifices in our personal lives for the sake of succeeding professionally. Because to me, that's not the de- that's not the definition of success. Uh, I'm happy to continue growing my business. You know. Um, getting more career opportunities, climbing the ladder, et cetera, et cetera, as long as it does not come at the detriment of the important personal relationships in my life. And I do absolutely believe it's completely feasible and it's, it's been happening. So I will say that uh, in terms of absolute hours, I'm, I'm, I am working fewer hours uh, per day than I was, let's say, at the very beginning of my career. Uh, but I have also have a lot more momentum now professionally. I have a lot more clout. Um, I don't need to, you know, quote unquote, like grind as much as I used to, but I'm also trying to be smarter about how I spend my work hours. So it's not just about how many hours are you putting is how are you spending your time, right? And, and, and who are you giving your energies to and what kind of projects are you devoting your time to? So I'm trying to be a lot more selective about who and what I give my time and energy to in, and in that way, I'm just trying to be smarter about the work hours so that I can continue uh, living a high quality of life. So I'm not miserable every day. And one thing that's really important to me is that I wake up every day excited for work. And if I start to lose that, I know something has to change. And I know for, especially for someone like for both of us and for you guys too, who um, are planning on being in this industry probably for a very long time, you're going to, you're not going to last very long if you're doing shit you hate. So finding that balance is, is, is super important. Do you think that there needs to be, because it's kind of cool because we've had you on, I think, multiple years now at this point. This is, this is, this is the thir- my third or for so And you had different oh. answers. Oh, you're right. And you yeah. had different, not different answers, but like it's kind of cool to see evolution. Uh-huh. Do you think at the beginning, like, and I would say your following has gotten bigger and you're, you're doing more things. Do you think at the beginning there needs to be some sort of imbalance? And Jill, you can answer this one too, because like you said, you don't have to quote unquote grind anymore, but do you think that it's necessary or do you think that they can become successful with that balance? I don't know. It's just interesting from you two because you've both done it, so to speak. So one of the things that I tell my girls is, and, and I do believe is I think you have to earn the right to say no to stuff. You know, I see a lot of business coaches, especially telling people like charge what you're worth and like don't you know don't go too cheap and stuff and i'm like but you have no fucking clients so (laughs) like at the end of the day so you know i'll give you guys an example i was working with this kid a few years ago and um 
he was just getting started. He just got certified and he was like, hey, Jill, I'm going to have a couple hours a week at the gym, but I also want to build my online business. And I was helping him build his online coaching. And he said to me, um, okay, well, I want to think about this really hard because every morning I have like my meditation that I do and then I go on like a leisure walk and then I want to make sure that I have enough time to do my own workout. And like he was already like already putting his own like and and to me I'm like yes but you have no clients yet so like let's just get some clients first and then we can see how in demand you actually are and then we can reverse engineer it so I think you do have to earn the right to say no you have to overwhelm yourself to the point where you're in demand so I do think like if you don't have any clients just beta test and be like you know I'm looking for 10 people and you just charge them like something super cheap for six weeks and get some reps and get your demand up and then I think at that point, you can ha you have earned the right to be more discerning with your time. So I, I definitely overloaded myself at the beginning, for sure. I was definitely charging way too low prices for way too long. But at the same time, within a two-year span, I probably worked with 500 clients in fat loss, like up close and personal one-on-one -on -one clients over the span of two years. And that was invaluable experience to the point where I'm like, okay, I don't need to do that anymore. I have other options that I can do. I need to scale this business. I need to, buy, I need to double my prices. Like, so I think it's an evolution. Um, but since then, I've personally always made choices based on lifestyle and not money. And that's just a hard and fast rule. And that's scary because sometimes, especially if you're in the beginning, like you need the money. You know, so turning down a client who wants to come at eight o'clock on a Friday night might be hard, but you're going to do that because it's in the interest of leveraging your time and building your business. So for me, I always made the decision to choose time over money. And as a result of that, I've made way more money because I'm way more productive. Well, I'm glad you pointed it out like that too. And that's why we brought you two on is that I think a lot of, when people are looking at the online space and how to get popular and all this stuff, they see the end product and they have people saying, you need to do it this, this, this. And like they show the beach with the fucking margarita and they're working oh, online yeah. and like they're, they're starting at the end and they're, that's right. how their advice is given it. And I think that people do kind of buy into that snake oil shit and it's nice to have uh, you on here to like say like, yeah, you got to earn that shit. Like yeah. it, it's hard and like yeah. you got to make money. <laughs> I see that. Uh, I don't know if we want to call it entitlement or maybe just being unaware of really how much work is involved where they're not aware of all the back end work that goes on behind the scenes or all the years that we put in beforehand before we became as successful as we are today. But uh, I tend to notice this and I'm sure, you know, maybe I'm wrong. I tend to notice this more in the younger crowd, like maybe early 20s, just out of college or like, you know, late teens and someone where they think, oh, all I have to do is post some photos on Instagram and call myself a coach and the demand will come and I get to live the life that I want to live. And from day one, I'm like, I don't want to work with clients until after this time of day or like, I'm like, you don't get to do that. You don't get to be picky. And even with the online space, if you're an online coach, you don't really get to be picky about who you want to work with necessarily if you're still working on getting that demand in the first place. And um, that takes time. That takes time and effort. And you have to put in the work to build your clout and credibility. And also to build your infrastructure, right? Yeah. Like if you're a brand new trainer and I just gave you 100 clients right now, you would not know how to handle that. Like you don't, you're not the person yet who can handle that. Does that make sense? Like, so it's the same thing. We see someone like, you know, build a body, right? So we have a client who wants to put on 30 pounds of muscle. If I just gave you 30 pounds of muscle like that, you wouldn't be the person. So as a result of building 30 pounds of muscle, you become someone different as a result of yeah. growing a following tooth and nail. You are someone different, right? So you, you have to take the time to build the infrastructure to become that person. You can't just be, assume it. I would take the 30 pounds of muscle though. For sure. <laughs> well, you know, we You're see like, this a lot. We actually see this a lot with um, people who have like a viral video or something. Like maybe yeah. they're brand new and they have a viral, something goes viral and yeah. then they literally don't know how to handle it. Yeah. They don't have any backend systems. They don't have any product services. They don't have like the things that they need to have. They're not the person who can handle that momentum yet. It's actually cool you mentioned that because obviously in popular media, I think it was the one, the one girl who's the one girl that like sold, she like started, she was huge Instagram, started selling the program. And we might've talked to a Jill. Brittany something. Oh, same, um, same. what's her name? Oh, I, Brittany Dawn. Brittany yeah, Dawn. so she had yes. the same thing you're saying. Like, she's like, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm ready for the product. Sells the product, has no backend systems and like literally like everyone wanted refunds because she just wasn't ready. But it just sucks to see that because that could have, it could have went the other way had they have like, I guess test the waters a little bit more. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a lot less uh, sympathetic 
or empathetic or whatever you actually both uh, to situations <laughs> like that, because to me, it speaks volumes about her lack of integrity with her brand. Because was, there were so many things you could have different, differently in terms of say, advertising your service as customized when it clearly, clearly wasn't or promising this turnaround time and then making people wait for months. That has nothing to do with being unprepared. You could have been honest with and, and clear with your communications. And still you could have said, hey, guys, I overloaded myself. I'm going to give you guys, you know, like I'm I actually this is going to take me longer than I thought to give you guys what, you, what I promised or whatever. And that just didn't happen. I agree with Sully 100%. I, 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 don't, I don't feel sorry for her. Incredible individual in the first place. I mean, we watched someone like Carter Good, you know, explode in popularity due to doing really well with uh, infographics a few years back. Yeah. You know, Carter has maintained an integrity and he seems to have the ability to continue to put out good information, take care of his clients, and maintain an excellent reputation. So, yeah, I'm with you on that one. I think this girl was a charlatan from the very start and, and an opportunist. And that's an example of someone because when when I when it all went down, I don't think I ever publicly commented on it at all. But I was kind of loosely, you know, following it along. But I did feel like, okay, this is an example of someone who got what they deserved, you know. So I was like, oh, there is justice in this industry. <laughs> I think there is, you know. Yeah. I think we're actually, you know, I think we talked about this in the last time I was on, but I think the transparency in our industry is a lot more than it ever has been and i am here for it i mean i love it like like let's let's let the reckoning happen <laughs> well and that's what honestly i'm glad it got there so like in terms of that so like let's just let's just think new trainer they, i want to be successful blah blah blah, blah. how much does trans like because you can be too transparent and it can be a negative thing so like what's your guys' thoughts on i guess how to include transparency and i don't want to use the word authenticity but mm -hmm. um how does that play into i guess developing these sorts of followers or even your business, so to speak. Like, does that have to be something that you, like, especially if you're young and new, it's like, it's like, I'm just starting out and I suck at this. So I'm going to charge less prices so that I can get more clients. You know what I mean? Like, that's not a good transparency play. Right. Okay. So there's a couple of things like, yes. I mean, all of us know what the, what the professional who's like everything is TMI. We know what that feels like, you know, like the person who's posting like text messages from their ex boyfriend on Facebook for every, like we don't need to see that. Right. And actually I got this from Amy Porterfield, who's an internet marketer and she's a great, great marketer, very in her integrity. And she said, she said, share scars, don't share scabs. Mm -hmm. And I like that because it was like, cool. Like sometimes, and I think that's a good general rule. Like, so if you have something that you've gone through, and you're still in it a little bit. I think sometimes that can be a little messy and it might be, it can be at the, at least it could be a little bit irresponsible at the, at the worst. It can be disastrous. I think it's important to have some semblance of understanding of the thing that you're sharing before you share it. Um, so I like the idea of that. Like if you're going through something right now, it's okay to like maybe throw it up in your stories or whatever, but if you're going to be charging people money for this thing, you better be an expert. Like you better see all the angles. And I think that that takes time and it's okay to like all of us struggle. You know, I think it's, I think it's really important that professionals do talk about their struggles um, or their previous struggles. And I think there's a lot of validity to that because we do need to connect with our client. You know, if you're, if you're too perfect or you're seemingly too perfect, then no one's going to connect with you. So we need to have that. But I think it can be, I've seen a lot of people going through shit in real time and it's to me, it's a disservice. I'll, uh, I'm going to navigate this very carefully because I'm I do not want to allude to the nature of it or uh, spoil the surprise. But I mean, what you just described is something that you two discussed together on Jill your recent podcast. So uh, yeah. do you want to direct people to that episode, and I'll let them explore it there versus talking about that topic directly. So. Yeah, it was amazing. We had Zoe on and I think it published maybe two weeks ago or so. Um, but yeah, it was super well received. We talked a lot about uh, psychology. We talked a lot about habit change. We And then we got into some personal stuff and relationship stuff um, in terms of like transparency and um, you know, realness and what gets shared online versus what doesn't get shared online. And it was just a great, it's been super well received. So make sure you guys go and check that out. Zoe on the Best Life Podcast. Good. Yeah, no, I think uh, directing people to explore that isn't the worst idea at all. Thank you. Now, speaking of that, uh, where else can people find you if for some reason or other they're not actually following you guys yet? Well, uh, my everything with me is, is super simple and straightforward because everything is the same. So he fit is my platform on Instagram, website, Facebook, Twitter. I don't think I'm on anything else, actually. Not MySpace? Uh, MySpace. TikTok. TikTok. No, I'm not on TikTok. Uh, I don't know. I'm so reluctant to... 
I was I'm scared of new new platforms right now. So he fit on everything. You see Spencer? Your friends with Spencer. Spencer. Yes, I saw what he did. I, I was like, Spencer, that sucked. <laughs> you know what? I thought it was funny because at least he's trying. I know, it's, it's so yeah. awesome. Like, Spencer gets away with shit that one else can get. Spencer puts up political memes that aren't political. Hmm. Right? He's yeah. always got that Nancy Pelosi tearing the piece of paper and he's just been having a field day with that one. And he, he, he skates on it. Nobody gives him, I don't think he'd yeah. give him shit for Jill, it. So. Jill, what's your TikTok and MySpace? Um, <laughs> I do have a TikTok, actually, really? but I am not using it yet. Uh, I just grabbed it. It's Jill Fit, obviously. And so, same with Zoe. I'm Jill Fit on all the channels. So, should Great. be easy to remember. But okay. yeah, love obviously love talking to people. Last time I was on the episode, I got a lot of um, you know listeners reaching out and stuff. So appreciate you guys having me on again and having us on. And this is a great yeah. convo. You guys always ask great questions, and we get into the juicy stuff, which I appreciate. Thank you. Now, there's a reason why we wanted you back, and so he keeps coming back. Is you guys are great guests. You guys have great, powerful messages, and and I believe this very strongly that our industry needs more women breaking through to the forefront, encouraging more women. Agreed. to get involved and, and I especially try to find people who are creating great information but if I can find female fitness professionals who are doing that that's even more important too so thanks for taking the awesome. time to talk with us thank you thank you guys Stay around for a second shut up and sit down